Welcome to the Crossroads Forum. I'm your host, Brian Gould, and joining me today is the president of Appian, Lori Modlin. Lori, thanks for joining us here today. Thank you. Glad to be here. So we've got some exciting updates for all of you as we start to shift our eyes and focus back to the Indiana General Assembly. Uh, quite a few things are starting to wrap up with interim study committees. We had Organization Day kickoff. Uh, the first task force, which we were watching closely over the summer, has concluded their final meeting of the year and have uh, kind of come up with their final report, which wasn't really a report, but we'll talk more about that in a minute. So, Lori, let's talk uh, the first task force here. You know, uh, the legislative session finished up back in April, May. Uh, the Gen General Assembly announced they were going to reestablish the first task force. That's the Funding Indiana's Roads for a Stronger, Safer Tomorrow. This is the task force that met, you know, seven, eight years ago when we came up with the original, you know, infrastructure plan for Indiana, House Enrolled Act 1002. We weren't really sure what to make of it, you know, when the, the General Assembly said, hey, we want to get this task force back together and take a look at this. We, I think, had kind of high hopes, low expectations, perhaps. But do you want to tell us a little bit kind of what your high level takeaways were from the task force? Do you feel like uh, they kind of met what they were looking for this summer? I really do think they they did. You know, unlike you going into it, we weren't really sure what to expect, um, what the focus was going to be. And since they decided that it was going to be kind of a two year look at this, um, you know, the first year could go in a lot of different directions, but it seemed like they spent a lot of time really establishing a baseline of knowledge for the task members. Mm -hmm. So much good information was put out there, um, both from like an NCSL, a national group, as well as our you know, in-state groups. And right. I feel like the legislators have a great base to go forward on to have some more in-depth discussions about all of this going forward. Yeah, like like you mentioned, um, you know, so they they wrapped up their their final meeting uh, on November fifteenth, and uh, you know, one thing one thing we noticed kind of different was when we went through this seven or eight years ago, the task force had all day long meetings, seven eight hours of testimony. They had three to four meetings. This year we had two pretty concise meetings, but I think like you mentioned, they brought in the right stakeholders. They got that baseline of knowledge. And uh, we're really kind of able to knock out and focus on what is the need as we move forward and, and what are some of the challenges or risks associated to our current plan. So I thought that was a great start for them. Like you mentioned, uh, it, it sounds like we're going to keep things fired up and moving into 2024. I haven't heard anyone say, yes, we're going to have the task force come back together next year, but it sure sounds like that's their intent. I think they want, they'll probably reestablish the task force for one more year, come in next year and really start to talk about the solution side. So um, at the end of this, the last meeting, um, Representative Pressel mentioned something about next year, really focusing on uh, what exactly are we trying to meet here? And Senator Mishler responded with, I want to have more than that. I want to have an answer too. So yes, it took yeah. that as absolutely we want to plan forward. Yeah, and definitely a great sign as as we finish up this year's work. Um, so Build Indiana Council, we uh, had an opportunity to present during the September meeting, and we came in and discussed 
really kind of a, a deeper into the weeds on the impacts of electric vehicles and what that means to our funding plan moving forward. A lot of unknowns with it, um, but we also talked about CAFE standards. And I think that's something that really resonated with legislators is regardless of how fast consumers move from one type of vehicle and, and regardless of how it's fueled, we know CAFE standards are coming in. We know vehicles are getting better and better mileage. So we know that means an automatic decrease in fuel consumption and revenue that's coming in. I think that really kind of helped them refocus in on, you know, as we start to put this plan together, we need to make sure that whatever the funding mechanisms are going to be, whether it's electric, compressed natural gas, hydrogen, still uh, gasoline, we need to have a plan that's really fuel agnostic. Uh, I love saying that word. It's my buzzword for the year, for sure. Um, but, you know, a, a system that the consumer is going to pay based on the weight of the vehicle, the distance they travel, and we do not care what charges or fuels your vehicle to get from point A to point B. And uh, I think that's a really big takeaway. And then secondly, you know, I think I, we heard quite a bit of conversations on it shouldn't just be Hoosiers paying. We need to make sure everyone that uses the roadways, whether you're a passenger car on vacation you're an 18-wheeler traveling uh, from one state to another, then we're making sure we're capturing from everybody. So, Absolutely. Um, you know, a couple other interesting takeaways for me, Lori. Uh, I thought it was insightful to see some of the, the revenue numbers that NDOT has talked about, uh, kind of where we're at now, where we're going in the future. One big one that jumped out at me was that currently in Indiana, 82% of our state revenue comes from fuel consumption, and that's gas and special special fuels, diesel. So we clearly have a plan that's heavily weighted based on that, that factor alone. And I think that kind of perked up some eyes as well to say, boy, we all know this change is coming. And when 82% of your funding mechanisms on one source, we've got to, we've got to come up with a plan pretty soon. The way though, it shows that we really have been a user fee based system, you know, and I'm really proud of that, that we've, we've been able to do that. Right. And we've had such an emphasis. And that was one thing that we've talked about with the registration fees on EVs is it doesn't actually measure your usage of the rooms. And right. so, yeah, we all had that aha moment of, okay, we need to diversify, but wow. I mean, it's a pretty pure system that we have. It's, it's yeah. a good one. Right. Yep. And it'll be tough to duplicate for sure. Another, uh, you know, interesting thing, I think, especially in the second meeting, there seemed to be a little more, I don't want to say pressure, but legislators wanted to dive a little deeper into NDOT's numbers and say, hey, tell us what the fiscal hit is. We get it. You have a bunch of different projections and there are a lot of unknown factors, but can you really give us kind of a date where we need to like make sure we have a new plan up and running and in place or at least something to transition to that? And it seemed like we really kind of narrowed in on 2038 to 2040. 15 years away, sounds like quite a ways away. Um, but that's when NDOT said, you know, at that point, we would likely see about a billion dollar a year hit to NDOT's state highway fund. And obviously we know that's that's not going to be an overnight, all of a sudden, a billion dollar loss. It's more of a consistent decline moving forward. But that really, I think, put a spotlight on, on it as well, that we're going to have to make some changes pretty soon. Reinforced, you know, back in their budget hearing at the end of 22, 
they talked about the 15-year impacts of both the indexing and the EV hybrid situations. And, you know, combined, it was like 4 billion. And that was a 15-year interaction, not a one-year. But I'm glad to see that broken down a little bit and um, when we could see that actually coming in. Something else that I was glad they touched on was the inflation aspect. Right. Um, I keep right. getting questions from legislators. We, what is happening with inflation? And obviously, it's in the numbers shown, it's continuing, um, yeah. not at the levels it was, but we've got to figure that out if we continue indexing. Right. Great point. So, one other interesting thing from the November meeting was that legislators called uh, NDOT back in for a second time. That's you know, at least in, in my time in the state house, it's pretty uncommon that an agency or a presenter will be asked to come back and kind of clarify or provide some additional information on something. Do you want to talk a little bit about kind of what NDOT came back with in that second meeting to to go a little more in depth on? Yeah, it, it really shows, and it's both on the local side with the agencies and with, you know, the Association of Counties and Cities and Towns, but NDOT, that this task force and the, the legislators really trust their input and they're looking for them to provide path forward. I don't know that we always see that in the state house. And so it's nice to have that, that trust there and that knowledge base. Um, yeah, they really dove into the electric vehicle market and what was a really valuable point for the task force to hear. We talk about a loss to NDOT's budget with the growth of electric vehicles. That doesn't mean that there's no revenue coming in. It's going right. to community crossings instead. And I don't know that the task force had a really good sense of that before this discussion. So huge impact to NDOT, but also a huge impact on the local side. And is, I mean, they talked about uh, community crossings will uh, increase by, what is it, 350% with yeah. the uh, yeah. advent of, electric vehicles or the increase in that. I mean, that's, how do you manage that kind of program and what is the appropriate size for that program? So that was really helpful. Um, but I also loved that they talked about through about 2030, 2035, they have really good information on what's happening with the EV market or good forecasts. Yeah, After right. that, I love their chart that just shows it kind of going in every direction. It could go a thousand different ways. And we I think we need to acknowledge that, that there's just unknown there. Yeah. Um, and we can plan for it as best we can. So yeah. so like you just mentioned, uh last week's meeting, there was NDOT came back in, but there was also a local perspective to this, the Association of Cities and Towns, Association of Counties. They were asked to come in and do some presentations conversation really kind of focused around community crossings. Like you mentioned, I think legislators have identified, you know, this is a, a nationally renowned program, one of the best state agency programs, probably in our state history, as far as uh, people that, that see benefits from the program, that love the program. I would tell you it probably pulls in the 99% approval rating. Um, but I think they've also identified, you know, we've got to take a look at it and see, what are is it are there some changes that need to be made to this uh Lori in particularly you know counties really hit on bridges do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah I thought that was super interesting because you know they're talking about kind of your urban areas your large cities and what is the appropriate cap for those um those projects and uh Ryan Hoff with the counties mentioned that 
because counties have the responsibility for the bridges, they should almost be treated as a large urban area because of the responsibilities they have. And he referred to it as their statutory responsibilities. And it was a, a really good point. I hadn't thought of it in that way before, mm -hmm. but both cities and towns and counties, I think, are being very thoughtful in what they're presenting and their true needs going forward. The, the question seemed to be for both those groups, is it the cap of a million dollars on community crossings that is the challenge or is it the match? And I think both Jenna and Ryan mentioned it really depends on who it is. You know, it's such a variety of circumstances that in their membership that it's hard to pinpoint one specific issue to deal with. Yeah. There was uh, one word that was not mentioned in this uh, study committee or task force last week that really surprised me. That word was Indianapolis. We heard a lot about the needs of Indianapolis over the summer. This meeting was geared towards the local perspective. Uh, there was an opportunity for the city to come in and testify at the end of the discussion and, and nothing there. I really don't think that conversation's over. Just apparently no one was wanting to have that conversation last week, I guess. So uh, so much more to come on the city of Indianapolis and probably those large urban areas as well. Uh, I, I think we'll, we'll start to hear a little more chatter about that. Couple, you know, interesting takeaways uh, for, for me as we wrap up the task force conversation. You know, uh, we heard a couple times Senator Mishler talked about a cliff. Uh, and, and I think my perspective was kind of, I think if you look at where we're at now and you don't look at anything in between, but you look out to 2040, 2045, it sure looks like a cliff. I mean, we see a huge transition to electric vehicles, the impact to state funding versus local funding. But Lori, is it, is it really a cliff? It, you know, it, I, you and I, we take more of an annual holistic look at it. Is it is it a cliff we need to be worried about or what are your thoughts? That's such a great way to say it. It's when you're looking at the annual, you know, numbers, when you're living in it day to day, it's a gradual decline. It is a decline. There's no question, but it is stepped out each year. But when but you're right, when you look at today compared to 2040, there's a significant difference and that considered a cliff if you're looking at it um, holistically, I guess. Yeah. But um, yeah, we see it more in just our day-to-day, -day, a little bit less each year. Yeah. So here's here's my best takeaway from the task force. I think the most positive thing that came out of this was we've had some conversations with House leadership, Rhodes Chair. We've had conversations with Senate leadership. And, and we heard this multiple times over the last couple of weeks here. Everyone seems to be coalescing around the 2025 budget session as being the year we need to have our next major infrastructure package. And that may not mean things are in place in 2025 or 2026, but they are all definitely coming to the same page here, House and Senate, that that's the year we need to do something significant. So I think that's a great positive takeaway at the end of the year here is we're not exactly sure what the solutions or answers are going to be yet, but they are all willing to come to the table in 13 months and uh, really do a deep dive into this and come up with some solutions. You know, one thing that I found really interesting is just talking to individual legislators who are on the task force are really uh, being very creative in how they look at this. They all are coming up with ideas of how do you tackle this that maybe nobody else has. 
And so it's really showing their buy-in and wanting to, to be very, uh, I guess, thoughtful about it, but having some lasting impact with it. So it's exciting to see that, that level of detail. Right. So lawmakers returned to the state house this week for organization day, which is the official start of the 2024 legislative session. It's really uh, an opportunity for legislators to come in and start working on draft bills for next year. But it's really also one of those days, there's typically not a whole lot that happens. We are kind of in, in the listening mode. Uh, Lori, you and I both attended the chamber legislative preview the day before. We heard no conversation on road funding, but organization day kicks off. Speaker Todd Houston does his opening remarks and uh, kind of a, a comment out of left field that really perked our interest and drew a lot of attention from our industry. Do you want to share a little bit about Speaker Houston's uh, focus on infrastructure? Yes, it was really great to hear. He had four priorities that he listed for this year, this coming year. And number three out of the four was uh, recognizing our world-class system of infrastructure that we have, the transportation system. But uh, talk about the need for expanding the interstates, I-65 and I-70, um, and refer to it as unfinished business uh, that the state needs to take care of for its transportation needs. It was, as you said, it was out of left field, but it was great to hear that. Yeah, and I think also, you know, it, it it's, we've tried to kind of decide, is this something that the Speaker, the Republican House Caucus, really thinks they need to focus in on? Uh, is it something that maybe it's an easier way to draw attention to the need if we talk about specific projects rather than the impacts of cafe standards or who's going to go buy a Tesla and how fast. And um, But regardless, it is, like you said, it's great to see that uh, the General Assembly is continuing to keep this focus on this and, and I think understand and realize that we haven't made as much progress in this area on expansion of our interstate systems as what they had perhaps hoped when House Enrolled Act 1002 passed. So, uh, you know, it's it's really going to be a conversation for us next year, isn't it? You know, it's we're not going to see a bill this coming legislative session on additional funding or programs to, uh, you know, get 65 and 70 expedited. But for us here at BIC, it's going to be an opportunity in 2024 to really start to talk to legislators about this, educate them on the need. And uh, I just told someone yesterday, you know, next year for us, 24, it's going to be focused on education, not legislation. We're going to be gearing up, educating those legislators for the 2025 session and whatever this big infrastructure package is that comes. So, yeah, and I, I would just add to that very quickly. I, you know, when we say that it was such a surprise to hear him say that, the other three priorities were specifically for things that are being addressed in the legislative session. So while right. we knew that, you know, this first task force was going on, we knew that nothing was going to happen legislatively this year. So to have it highlighted that way, that's what was such a big surprise. Um, yeah. so. Yep. Well, uh, as we gear up for next year, uh, we're anticipating it's going to be a pretty quiet session at the State House. Uh, we'll have more legislative previews for you in the next couple months here as we gear up towards the legislative session. But, you know, it seemed like uh, this last week, the, the big term being thrown around was tweaks. No major policy changes. Take a look at what we're doing, what's working, where we need to make some small adjustments to that. And I and I think they're even they're not even talking about on the infrastructure side. They're talking big policy issues that they just want to avoid for next year. So 
perhaps a, a rather quiet, quick, slow session coming up, which would not be a horrible thing. So no, and I think we say that every year, but yes, maybe right. really this year. Yeah. Well, Lori, thank you again for joining us today here on the Crossroads Forum. Uh, a lot of exciting things happening right now. Really starting to look forward to the 2024 legislative session and all the work that's going to be coming up uh, for us over the next 13 to 14 months as we gear up for the next big infrastructure package. So thank you, Lori. 